Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. So this morning it is a privilege to welcome one of, uh, one of my old friends. Uh, he's a guy who you might have got caught in conversation with. He's been here since September. And when you get caught in a conversation with Matt, sometimes it can last a little bit long, ain't that right, Matt? <laughs> no, too. Well, Matt and I, uh, we, we grew up together and it is a privilege to welcome him up. So Matt, you want to come on up? He's going to be continuing our series on Deeply Formed Life. Um, and we are going to pray for Matt. So if you would like to extend a hand to Matt, we're going to pray for him as church. So Holy Spirit, fill Matt up with the power of your Holy Spirit again. <laughs> Lord Jesus, bless him, bless his lips, and may he speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Good morning, church. A quick heads up. We're going to be going to Psalm 139 in just a few moments' time. But as Cyril said, I'm pretty new here. I've only been around the last month or so. I moved in September to London. I've joined the team here at Saint. And I just want to say it's already so encouraging to see how God is moving in and through this community. It's been beautiful to partner with His Spirit and with one another here on a Sunday and throughout our weeks. And be encouraged. God is on the move. He is calling us higher, but he wants to take us deeper. And together as we follow him, I'm convinced we're going to see more and more lives transformed by the good news and love of Jesus. This is an exciting time to be a part of his church. This is an exciting time to be a part of the saint family. And I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for the welcome that I've received. I'm really grateful that we get to do this together. But the reason we're gathered here today is not for our own gain, but rather for his. You see, as a church, we're learning what it means to follow Jesus with everything we have, to root ourselves in the way of Jesus, to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth, here in East London, in every aspect of our lives, as in heaven. And today we find ourselves at the halfway point of our current teaching series, The Deeply Formed Life, where we're being encouraged and guided by Rich Velodas, a pastor and friend of Saint, who's written this timely, informative book for the wider church. And if you're new here or if you've missed the last couple of weeks, don't worry. You can catch up online or you can get yourself a copy of the book. But just to frame where we're at, We've explored what it looks like to slow down in this busy world, to escape the noise and care for our souls, making space for God in our lives. We've begun to press into racial reconciliation, heavy for many, but a gospel-centered spiritual approach to pursuing racial justice, recognizing that we've not got this right. We are one body, one family made in his image, and that one day every tribe and tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. This is serious stuff. But the Spirit is moving and we're learning what it means to be obedient to his call. And today we're not holding back either as we're going to be looking at our emotional health. And beginning to undertake an interior examination. 
And just to put you at ease, this isn't going to be some form of group therapy. I'm not going to lecture at you. In fact, I'm so aware of my lack of qualification to speak into this. I'm a pastor. I'm not a counselor. I'm a communicator. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a normal bloke. But I am a follower of Jesus. And he cares so deeply about what's going on internally, in our hearts, in our minds, our thoughts, and our feelings. Whether we realize it or not, this is core to our discipleship. For deep love can't come from shallow wells. Pete Scazzaro, who wrote the foreword for Rich's book, he put it like this. He said, spiritual health and emotional health are inseparable. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And if you're here today and you're already feeling maybe a little bit uncomfortable because you've been to church before bearing the weight and depths of your struggles and all you've heard, whether it was the preacher's intention or not, was that you just need to have joy. You just need to rejoice. You just need to have a little bit more faith. I want to say I'm so sorry. Yes, it's true that one day he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. But we're not there yet. We're this side of eternity. And whilst we're, that's yet to become our reality, the lives that we live in, the hurt in which we carry and the pain in which we bear matter so much to God. So let's take a moment to be still, to become aware of his presence once more as we come to feed on his word. Holy Spirit, we love you. We need you. And we welcome you in this space. Come and reveal Christ through your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh man, why don't you join me if you've got your Bibles, we're at Psalm 139, we're going to go through the whole thing, but it will come up on screen. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret space. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, 
Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. To live fully human lives requires us to integrate everything inside of us, every aspect of who we are, including our emotions. I don't know if you spend much time reading the Psalms, but I love how these raw, honest, authentic songs, prayers, and passages capture the full spectrum, emotional spectrum of the psalmist's life. They don't really hold anything back. From deep fear to fits of rage, songs of hope and joy entwined with mourning and grief, worship and celebration alongside doubts and questions. The Psalms not only remind us that we give uh, of the realities of this life, but it gives us permission to lay out our questions. They give us permission to be human, to feel our emotions and express them. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You are familiar with all my ways. Church, we need to hear today that we are seen entirely, known intimately, and yet loved so deeply. You are seen entirely, known intimately, and yet loved so deeply. And therefore, to live a fully human life requires us to integrate everything inside of us, every aspect of who we are, including our emotions. Now, alongside working here at Saint, I actually study theology. I've been studying for the last six years, so you'd think by now I might have a little bit of an idea of what I'm doing. But earlier this year, after submitting what I thought was one of my best essays, actually on the topic of discipleship, I received this email saying something had flagged up in my essay. Something wasn't quite right, and I'd need to come in and explain it. So I came in on my day off, and I sat down in front of this panel of three of the board members alongside someone sat in the corner making notes. And what they do is they put your essay up on this big screen, and it shows all the notes, it shows all the comments, and the intense questioning begins. And you see, I'd referenced the right authors, the right books, and the correct page numbers, but I'd forgotten the quotation marks. Not once, not twice, but in three different places, meaning what it looked like I was trying to claim their work as my own. Why? How? Tell us, explain yourself. 
And to my surprise, as I failed to provide an adequate answer, I unexpectedly found myself beginning to cry, overwhelmed by emotions, yet unable to articulate what was going on inside of me. For wider context, beneath the surface, I was physically tired and emotionally drained as I was experiencing some relational difficulties with someone really significant in my life, which had led to this deep, sort of raw internal sense of sadness and helplessness that I didn't even know was going on. And I didn't know how to process it. But in this very moment, unaware of what was going on inside of me, I felt like there was one of two things going on. Either I was a liar and a cheat, or I was just that stupid that I'd make the mistake not once, not twice, but three times. Of course, neither of those things were true, and the panel, albeit rather intense, were actually all really lovely. But in that moment, that's how I felt. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made in his beautiful image. And yet, on that day when I felt like a complete idiot and failure, that was a day that was ordained, written in his book before it came to be. And I'm so aware that this is probably a trivial example in light of what the world throws at us, and even in my own life. But how often are we either unaware or unable to articulate what's going on inside of us? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. St. Augustine wrote, oh God, let me know myself. Let me know you. Ice Cube put it, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. See, David, the psalmist who wrote this very passage, was aware that God knew everything about him. And in the same way, he knew he wasn't, he didn't know everything about himself. If I were to summarize this whole passage in one simple prayer, it would be, Lord, show me me. Not as I see myself, Lord, but as you see me. Not as the world views me, but as you've created me to be. You know, in some of our households, schools, and communities, growing up, we'll have learned to not express the difficult emotions. And I want to name it right here that emotions such as sadness, anger, or fear aren't negative emotions. They aren't sinful. They're difficult. And they can be difficult to navigate. But let's not forget, he created our inmost being. Whilst this isn't the case for all, many in the older generations learn to suppress their emotions. Whilst many in the younger generations today live their lives entirely dictated by their feelings. And I want to suggest that neither are particularly helpful or healthy. Isn't it strange that in our culture, we somehow made space for women to be sad, but they couldn't possibly be angry. But men could be angry, but they couldn't possibly be sad. 
And although we're seeing this well-being movement shift towards opening up these conversations, I think we're asking the wrong questions. We need to look to Jesus. For Jesus was fully God and fully man. Which means he reveals God to us and he reveals to us ourselves. And whilst we've all been shaped and formed by our culture, our families, and even our church's culture, Christ wants to transform all of our lives, especially the inner life. And he's lived it. What do we see when we look to Jesus? We see the man that wept when his friend Lazarus died. We see the man who flipped the tables in the temple when the house of prayer was turned into a den of robbers. We see the man who feared the cross as his sweat was like drops of blood, praying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, in his embodiment, holds it all. So we don't have to put a smile on when there's deep pain beneath the surface. God isn't waiting for our words to be holy or sanctified before he listens to them. And confessing fear is not the same as confessing lack of faith. The Bible teaches us to grieve our losses and our pain, but together lift it before God. It teaches us to be angry, but in our anger, do not sin. And it consistently tells us not to fear, not because our fears aren't real, but rather God says, do not fear, for I am with you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting. So how do we put this into practice? Well, I want to suggest just three really simple steps to begin to carry out what must become an ongoing internal examination. We need to ask ourselves some questions, the first of which is, what is the issue beneath my emotions? What is the root of my sadness, my anger, or my fear? Is it the overwhelming feeling at present, or is this just a presenting issue? sat in front of that panel, as the emotions took over, it became clear that I put my value in my achievements, my work, and how I was perceived by others, rather than my identity as a son of the king. But even beneath that, I was struggling in this wider, relationally difficult situation where I already didn't feel good enough. And this amplified those emotions. What is the issue beneath our emotions. The second thing I think we need to ask ourselves is simply, what might God be saying? What am I learning about myself, about Jesus or those around me? Because I didn't just learn not to forget the quotes or to better organize my notes, but I was finding my identity in the wrong place. Despite the fact that in Christ I have nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to protect, I learned I couldn't just bottle up the emotions that were cutting deep beneath the surface. 
just because I didn't know how to process, address, or express my own sadness. I learned that I needed to return to him, to break off the lies of the enemy, and to allow him to meet me in my brokenness. What might God be saying? And finally, practically, the third thing we need to do is we just simply need to pray our emotions. The way to fullness of life that Jesus promises to all who repent and believe is not by cutting off, denying, or hiding from our sadness, anger, or fear, but rather holding these difficult human emotions before God, knowing that we can only become whole in Him. Knowing we'll only truly be whole on the shores of eternity when we behold our God face to face. Yet in his kindness, the Spirit wants to do a work in us today. He wants to meet us wherever we're at. Over the summer, as I began to process my own difficult emotions, this became my daily prayer. And it's the humble prayer that I offer to us today. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen. We're going to respond to what the Lord's doing, just to the challenge of his word. Um, and we just want to make space. This is big stuff. This is heavy stuff. Some of us will be really aware of what's going on inside of us. Some of us, like I was, will have no clue what's going on. But we're going to take a moment just to be still in his presence, knowing that it's in his presence that lives are transformed, knowing that it's in his presence by his kindness he'll do a work in us. So why don't you just assume a posture that's going to make you feel comfortable right now. The Lord knows where your heart is. He knows where you're at. And he wants to meet with you. And before we go back into a time of worship, we're going to pray. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Come, Holy Spirit. God is here by his Spirit. He wants to meet with you, to remind you of his unfailing love for you.
Peter writes to the churches, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe as Matt's been speaking, maybe there have been moments, emotions, memories that might have caused us pain, anxieties, worries, stress. Just in that stillness now. and lay them before the cross of Jesus. Some of us, I think God wants to give us his peace today. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He says that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. If you feel like you've been carrying a heavy weight, maybe even as you walk through those doors today, you felt the weight of worry and fear. Just pray in the stillness of your heart. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, you pour out your spirit. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.